0: Welcome to the Hotel Analyst podcast. My name is Chris Bound, the editor of Hotel Analyst, and I'm joined, as usual, by Andrew Sankster, the editorial director of Hotel Analyst, to chew over three topics that we have selected from our news stream of the last week or so, um, items we think will be of interest to those of you in the hotel investment space. And we're starting off by taking a look at the business of rents, and a lot of them are in arrears, uh, in fact billions probably built up in arrears across the hospitality space around the globe as uh, hotels, restaurants, bars all uh, work out what they can afford and it's far less than their landlords were expecting them to be pay- to pay over the last few months. Uh, and one of the people who've come out most recently and said um, we can't carry on paying our rents like we have been is the Scandinavian operator Scandic who uh, this week, uh, as they announced their latest results, uh, declared that uh, some of their landlords are going to have to come to the table and have a frank discussion because they can no longer afford to pay rents at the level they have been. Um, frankly they're going to run out of cash unless they get a bit of forbearance from those landlords. Um, and it's not just uh, a problem for Scandic, it's a problem over the place and uh, the uh, UK Hospitality reckons they've calculated how many billions are going to be owing by the end of the year. Um, so, Andrew, is there an easy way out of this one or not?
1: Mm, no, not not an easy one, I don't think. And it, Scandic's um, um, rent bill is now 50% of their turnover even after opening etc so then that's clearly not not sustainable that there has to be a restructuring the the issue is how it's restructured and I think there have been some siren calls um, with operator lobby groups about let's have a go at uh, bashing the landlords and make them take the pain well that's not really going to work I think there has to be something which is give and take on both sides Um, I think and I think Scandic are approaching it in that spirit as well they're saying that we we need to restructure this and their preference is to have a risk sharing approach of some form of turnover related rent and maybe a canny owner will say well yeah that's fine we'll give you a, a turnover rent but we'll also have a, a profit rent please as well we'll have a, a profit a profit kicker as you as you get back and um, so that'll just sort of back end their returns." so uh, it, I, I would think Scandic and other operators are going to be willing to do that
0: because, yeah, because Scandic, one of the things Scandic said was, you know, they, they, they've got a variety of different lease types within their portfolio, and and they're quite happy with quite a few of the arrangements they or, they already had in place. So it's only the yeah, the higher fixed yeah. ones on the city centre hotels that are really causing them grief.
1: Yeah, they've got a specific problems urban upscale luxury hotels i don't really do luxury but certainly urban upscale hotels um they're in trouble and um they're the ones where the biggest pain is they're also the ones where you normally would have had to have signed the toughest leases um historically so i i would it's not surprising that that is where the real battleground is at the moment but um as you point out in your piece you've you've written in hotel Analyst this week chris it, it it is with those landlords like Pandocs, which um understand the risk element um arrangements have been made and um um the the, the, the uh, agreements have been reached on this um i think it's uh, the the the, the Property investors who are less used to operational real estate, which is which is being more challenged by this environment, but I think within uh, within all this non-rental. non-rent paying going on. I think there's a few things that's been mixed up with it, which is some major structural um, decline issues on the behalf of the retailers. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been hits. Um, I, what's happened really, COVID has simply speeded up. It's that notion of COVID as um, an accelerant rather than change agent yet again. And so retailers have been clobbered um, by, by the switch to online, and there isn't any way back for them, so you can restructure all you like. But it's, I think, actually, you're going to have to um, change of uses is that is the solution for some retail. There. There's going to be some major changes. And the other thing within hospitality subset is um, casual dining, which um, that just got completely out of hand. People were going bang before Covid um, because of the lunatic rents that had <laughs> been signing, and we'd had a bunch of chains. Um, try to grab some some form of first mover advantage if such a thing exists um and and they've just been signing things left, right and centre at ridiculous rents. Now, landlords themselves were silly to take these rents. They should have known better. They should have realised actually this business is moving in here. Is not going to be able to sustain this rent. So I think it's, it's good for everybody to come to an arrangement which works across the piece. Um, I don't think it helps for... Uh, some sort of headbangers within the operator side is run around saying that we we want all landlords to just not have any rent at all. Um, Whitbread, the UK's biggest hotel company, has paid its rents. Um, Not all companies can pay their rents, but some do. Well, you can't have a piece where nobody pays any rent. Um, that's just a, that's just going to bring utter misery to to landlords, and ultimately, you will bring misery to the operators as well. So there has to be a a, a degree of compromise here. And um, uh, fortunately, in most cases, cool heads are prevailing. But um, um, yeah, I would like to see a little less hyperbole and a little bit more behind the scenes quiet negotiation going on that would certainly um, reassure me more. Um, Governments I would like to you know and I mean and as Scandic have said you know the Scandinavian governments have stepped in and helped um and they're perhaps going to need to do more in either form of tax breaks or grants um and the end of the day it's uh you know it's a government decree that has shut these businesses down I mean these businesses are being shut down for the the benefit of the nation while I think the the nation in that or nations and the nations owe some sort of um fair play response to to the businesses that have been shut down and um um tax relief is the very least i think that that ought to be on offer
0: now news of the vaccine uh, not only did it turn andrew from bear to bull and got him quite excited a week or so ago uh it's also driven uh, the share prices of, of many of the european hotel groups higher over the last few days um however we've discovered there's still plenty of pain in Spain and there was very little good news to come out of the latest quarterly results from uh, the Spanish operators Melia and NH Hotels um, who both uh, although they had a better third quarter than the second quarter are now starting to shutter their hotels once more in Spain um, as they look forward to a bleaker fourth quarter and I think what could well be a rather miserable winter. Um, Will it all start coming good from Easter next year? Well they hope so, Uh, but uh, it's fair to say they've suffered worse than, uh, certainly in Spain, than, uh, than they have in many other markets.
1: Easter's far too soon. Um, <laughs> I
0: mean,
1: I'm optimistic, but I'm not that optimistic. <laughs> um, look, and the, I mean, the reality is uh, you, this: the vaccine's just going to take a lot longer to get out and get delivered than that, and um, it's going to be a combination of vaccine and testing, and uh, um, and then a slow, slow recovery. I think. Um, I, I hope we'll get some sort of summer season, and the Spanish hoteliers will be crossing every possible bit of their bodies they can cross to, to enable them to, you know, enable that to come to fruition um, because they're desperate for it. I mean, as you said, they are shutting down hotels. If you look at uh, uh, Melia, they've, they're have they closing the Balearic properties, they're closing um, most of their properties outside of the Canaries actually, which are resort properties. Um, NH, which is not resort, it's, it's um, arguably in, in an even worse in that it's that urban upscale hotel, um, which is also dependent on a, an international market. Um, tricky, very tricky for NH. Um, I took a look at the the parent group, Miner. Minor have got 94% of um, the shareholding um, of, of um, NH, so it's um, all but a uh, subsidiary. Um, and any effective subsidiary, of course as well and and just looking at minor uh, it's quite interesting um, in what their plans are going forward that the, they said that they're um, had a success in cost reduction they've chopped they were they targeted chopping 25% out, um, they reckon they've got 35% of their last year's costs and expenses out which is you know quite an achievement really. Um, a lot of that was out of payroll but non-payroll non operating expenses were half. Uh, payroll was better than expected and leases those rents again um, slightly less as strong as um, they were anticipating so um, overall though it's it's a pretty good result and actually does position them well for a recovery if those cost cuts are indeed sustainable um right now though even in asia which everybody's looking to to sort of saying that you know this is our way out of the recovery um even in asia um miner is below break-even occupancy
0: yes because although china's china's going gangbusters there are plenty of other markets in asia that are not on there
1: yeah, yeah, sure. And and, and and Mint doesn't have that much exposure in China at all. It's Thailand, it's the rest of Asia, Middle East and Africa, which um, which is the bit they're looking at to, to, to try and get a bounce back through. And, you know, they're saying Europe and the Americas is very difficult indeed. Um, the other thing they're doing is anything up to about a billion euros worth of assets are going to be put on the block um, through an as- asset rotation strategy. Don't call it a fire sale. <laughs> um, um, so the, the, they're, you know, to shore up the balance sheet, of course, and uh, the expectation will be to try and keep as many of those um, properties they sell under um, some form of um, fee income structure be it a management contract or a or a franchise no doubt um but all in all i think it's going to be extremely tough for the likes of miner and melia and nh um it's going to be a long while for them to get back to to where they were um and it's it's battened down the hatches for for most of 21 um and it's only really going to be 2022 when they can really start looking to have a, a a more normal um um, trading period but even then it's it's you know it, it's going to be subdued so let, let's not get carried away with all this optimism I think what we have got we've got a clear end game now we know that this can be beaten we know we can get through it it's going to be a very grim winter very tough if you look at the numbers and so they did a uh, minor did a month by month uh, breakdown and it got gradually worse you know from um august onwards um it just got gradually worse um september was uh, significantly behind where they were hoping and then october looked really grim from where they were hoping and no doubt november's <laughs> good um, to look fairly um, grim um, yeah, too well, yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes and, and and until we get yeah back into well uh, back into the lockdowns as we have i mean if you look in the us right now the, the state of the the pandemic there is is shocking um, um and we've we know we've got the shutdowns here in Europe, so it, it's a it's it's difficult. It's going to be very tough. Um, um, the, the, there's certainly pain in Spain, um, but I think there's going to be pain everywhere. Well,
0: let's look at some other pain. Uh, next link down the chain. We were talking earlier about uh, the the tenants. Let's let's uh, shine a little light on the landlords, uh, the operational landlords across the whole of kind of operational real estate across several sectors. Um, we, we've been seeing the impact on them of. Uh, being unable to collect their rents in full, um, and the pips are squeaking harder in some sectors than others, it would appear.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you did a very good roundup of all of the the reads, Chris, with a major um, hospitality component. I think in in your story there, and uh, uh, clearly showing just how much um, how difficult and challenging this period has been Uh, I I took a look at um, in my comment piece um, I took a look at land securities the second biggest REIT in the UK and the biggest is industrial giant Seagrow and of course that um, has less significantly less impacted by the pandemic yes busy signing signing sheds uh, for Amazon uh, I
0: expect yes Yeah, exactly. (laughs)
1: Uh, um, Land securities, well, they they announced at their capital markets day, which was back in October, um, they announced that they were flogging off um, a whole raft of what they um, um, described as um, uh, inessential assets um, that that they believed that were subscale and had little or no competitive advantage. including they've they own 21 they've got 23 hotels 21 of which are led to Accor um these 23 hotels in total um they're being put on the blocks in a medium term sales process um not a far sale <laughs> not a far sale um and uh, the valuation went down um quite significantly yeah, 13.1%. um Yeah, exactly, exactly, and uh, um, their price tag, what, 470 million or 469 million um, at the moment, so it'll be interesting to see just what they get for them. Um, So it's uh, the good news piece, I think, if if you're to look at that, is I think if you look at a company like Land Securities, um, a very sort of traditional property investor, um, but what they're talking about very much is understanding and getting involved in operational risk. Leave aside the fact they're exiting a lot of operational real estate sectors, but that's that that's to to play big in the areas where there's where they are big already, which is office and urban development, um, and they're re- retaining a, a good deal of retail exposure as well. They argue that the malls, and I think they're probably right, the big malls, the shopping centres, the big shopping centres, um, are are going to be sustainable um, if they pivot in the right direction in terms of being more of an experiential rather than a straight retailing. Um, operation um, but the land securities were look we we want to engage in operational risk and they they talked a, a great deal about that in their capital markets day um, and uh it, it's it, and, and and the results which just come out on the 10th of this month um well show it's tough i mean it mm. just show how tough it is i mean i think 47 percent of rents had been paid on the three portfolios they're selling um come buy my come buy my properties only <laughs> less than half of the tenants are paying their rents. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's like that's, that's that's two,
0: there's two new good metrics good. isn't there there's a percentage of rent paid <laughs> and the percentage by which yes. your portfolio has been downvalued yeah
1: yeah, yeah, quite. It's, but yeah, again, it's it's going to come back. It will come back. Um, I think some of it is structurally. I mean, they admitted some of the the um, smaller retail um, centres are. are you know they're toast really um, they're going to have to be repurposed I suspect we'll see a lot of um, um, small housing developments yeah. happening in some of these um, is, the, is the way forward for them but, uh, for, but certainly those ACO hotels are very good properties um, and the, you know, they're, they're for, they represent a, a good investment an opportunity to get in at a, a bargain price I would well, suggest. Well yes they're
0: going to recover probably quite a bit of that value in the next three or four years I would imagine yeah. yeah. Right, well now we're going to finish off with our um, five-star and no-star awards. And uh, this week, we've been watching and waiting and uh, looking at, with great interest uh, over the last few months what's going to happen to the Travelodge portfolio with various threats from various landlords that they would exercise the break clause that was granted to them under the Travelodge's CVA. Um, we've all heard rumours about uh, a number of these properties going left, right or centre to, to various alternatives. So we're giving five stars this week to Whitbread, who have been the first uh, to announce a substantive uh, decision on a couple of uh, travel lodges. They have uh, nipped in and grabbed the travel lodges in Uxbridge in West London and in Bury St Edmunds in uh, in Suffolk um they're taking over the i think it would appear they're taking over leases um of both those buildings with the landlords the two individual landlords standing uh, uh alongside Whitbread and getting presumably uh, an attractive deal well certainly they've got a very good covenant if nothing else no stars goes this week to tui the tour operator who is not in a great state, um, their third quarter revenues were down 98% because basically they were hardly <laughs> able to sell any holidays to anybody. Um, they really are on the ropes and they may well indeed be putting their hotels into some sort kind of a, a fund to release cash. They're also uh, asking the German government if they might have a little bit more state aid uh, and considering other disposals. It's really, really tough time to be in the travel industry.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, I think that, I mean, we just talked about Spain, um, the pain, but actually Tui is significantly worse than Melia or NH. And, um, you know, 15% of the hotels open, um, but you've got 15% closed for, well, just over 15% um, closed in Melia and NH's case. So it's, it is significantly worse. And they're talking about 23% occupancy, Oof, you know, it's uh, and that, that, that encouraging signs, apparently, 23% occupancy. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Extraordinary. It's <laughs> so, a long way um, back up. Yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh dear. And on that note, we'll wish you bye for now.